You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Jerusso. So hello again and no, this is not Renee, I'm Anne-Marie Cross and if you've listened to episode one, you'd have realised that I'm hijacking the microphone, we're turning the table around, Renee was just brilliant in the first episode and today of course she's going to be talking about limitless leaders but more on how we can develop that highly motivated top performing team. Now before we dive in, for those people who may not yet have had the privilege to meet or work with Renee, she is a leadership, she's a communication and team performer expert and for over 15 years she's been passionately and passionate is definitely a key (laughs) word for you Renee uh, passionately working with leaders with teams and organizations to flourish by maximizing their performance through targeted communication leadership collaboration and connection this is part of uh, the second part actually of the three-part series we're talking about limitless leadership whether you're a solopreneur whether you have a small team maybe you've got a larger team or maybe you are a Inspiring to step into that leadership role and in, in episode one of course we talked about that limitless leader and the barriers if you haven't listened to that one please go ahead and listen to that brilliant brilliant content and that will share a link at the end of the show on how you can access that in this episode Renee you're going to be talking about limitless leaders how to develop that highly motivated top performing team and of course in episode three we're going to be talking about limitless organizations and how to create a successive pipeline of highly effective future leaders which I know many organizations struggle with so let's dive in one of the things that you say is that self self-belief it's crucial Mm. and that we need to build our self-belief otherwise we'll remain stifled yeah and we're going to operate in that manager mindset without much success now self-belief is often not something that's recognized as being important when it comes to leading a team so I'd love you to share a bit more about this yeah and it's an interesting point it isn't brought up a lot and I think because maybe people think it's a bit esoteric I don't know but self-belief is a crucial and 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 vital ingredient to 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 any role and in life in general to me if you don't have self-belief your energy in whatever message you're conveying whatever role you're doing is going to be flawed having belief in ourselves gives us courage and confidence and you can have capability you can have capacity to be an amazing leader but if you don't believe in yourself how is anyone else going to believe in you and I always say to people that might, you know, lack a bit of self-belief, what, what's it going to cost you not to believe in yourself? If I think of a metaphor, I love cooking. It, to me, it's like having a curry without a curry paste. <laughs> you know, you can have all the great ingredients in there, but if that curry paste isn't authentic, isn't flavourful, isn't real, it won't matter. That curry will never taste as good as as it could be. In episode one, just to recap, you talked about the three keys to limitless leadership commitment, communication and connection. Let's talk about commitment first, especially when it comes to increasing commitment of our team. That's something many leaders struggle with. There's there's an African proverb that you mentioned in your (laughs) book, Limitless Leadership, and that is one volunteer is worth more than forced men. So how can we as leaders increase commitment of our team? Yeah, and it's a great question. I think a lot of the time we think we've got a committed team, but we've got what I call a compliant team. So a compliant compliance, yeah, I'll get it done. Commitment is, yeah, I'll do it. There's ownership, there's heart, there's much more energy invested in it, I guess. 
Commitment's a decision, Anne-Marie, and I think, you know, if you decide to go for a swim, you haven't committed to you're in the pool. And I think a lot of the time people get a leadership title and just think, I'm a leader, no such thing. I think it's all about the decision you make and until you make a decision to really commit as a leader or commit in any role, it's one-dimensional. Commitment has longevity. Mm -hmm. I think if you can really build a committed team, they'll do things because they want to. If you get someone to do something and they don't want to do it and you don't pick up on it and they do it with hesitation, they probably won't do it that well. They won't be productive. They won't be happy. And you're going to have to go through the motions again. Mm -hmm. So I just think there's different energies and therefore outputs in being truly committed. And I think having purpose and belief is vital and then motivation and planned efforts to make this happen. Yes. So conviction in yourself will give you self-belief. What the world will then see is your courage and your confidence and then that therefore will flow on to what you do or not do. Yes. So we're talking about commitment of um, a team and inspiring commitment. In episode one, we talked about that self-leadership as being very important. I would imagine that checking in to make sure what's my commitment to leading my team. So that really starts with us too, that commitment aspect. It it, it does. It definitely starts with the leader. Um, You know, you can't what is it force a horse to water so so to speak but I think your energy your team is a mirror of your leadership and whether you believe that agree with it if you actually follow that you'll always be making sure that you're that that role model and leading with commitment yeah yeah great one of the things that you talked about I want to dive a bit deeper into this because I know it's so important Mm -hmm. and very much part of your work and that is knowing your purpose your why is so very important you've worked with many many teams and leaders are we clearer on what our purpose is or are we still I've got a long way to go yeah I think people feel their purpose but can't always articulate it that's what I've noticed especially lately keep it simple your purpose is your why so you have a why of why you go to work you have a why as to you know the business you're in the vision or whatever you want to call it but it's deeper than that I think every team should have their own purpose Mm -hmm. and those collective purposes of all these sub teams the overarching purpose of the organization will be realized through that It's what gets you out of bed every day. I know mine is to make a difference by helping people realise their possibility and the limitless opportunities we have within us. And that's a big part of my purpose. When I'm not at work, which is quite rare, I actually feel like who aren't I growing? Who aren't I making a difference to? And obviously I grow in the process too. So I know that's why I do what I do. And Mm -hmm. and really for the first time in my life, probably the last four years in particular, I know that with such conviction Mm -hmm. that I know I will do what I do for the rest of my life. And that doesn't always happen. And it's, it's not something we don't wake up and go, what's my purpose? And when I do work with a lot of organizations and we do work on this, you know, people go, oh my God, Renee, I've got brain fry. And I say, fantastic, I've done my job because if this was something you thought about, we wouldn't be discussing it. Yes. I've got five minutes to, to figure out my why. Let's go. Yeah. It's just not possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to tap into your purpose. And obviously, we've got time constraints here today, but it's about for you, for self as a leader, reflect on what's important to you and what your values are. You know, and I always say, what what don't you stand for? And then flip them and then that will give you your values. So if you don't stand for people being stagnant, 
then you probably value growth, yeah? Mm. Um, those sorts of things. And I think if you can reflect on what your values are and ensure they align with the company you work for, and they should, they shouldn't really be that different, you'll find you're pretty much setting yourself and your team up for success. Ask yourself great questions too, which sounds a bit weird, but you know, they what's that old saying? If you face a wall when you've got to make a decision and think out aloud, and thinking is just asking questions, you'll usually come up with the answer yourself. Mm-hmm. So ask some questions. What's important to me? What don't I stand for? What do I stand for? And am I on purpose? And I really believe you feel it. Recently, I had this client that his vision was and his new purpose was to get this CEO role in China. And then when I delved in a bit further, I said, what's really important to you? And he said, well, my wife's having our first child and I want to get work-life balance and I want to be at home. And I said, right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be commuting to China. You live in Australia, you live in Sydney, and you also want this work, I call it work-life blend. I think that's, Mm. you know, about the integration piece. And he went, oh gosh, I haven't thought of it like that. So we can sometimes get too caught up in the task and what we think we should be doing, not who we need to be. And I think that helps us bring us back to that purposeful side. Yeah. Those questions you ask, those self-reflection questions to help us get clear on our purpose and why. As leaders then of our team, are those the type of questions that we could ask and oppose to our team members to help them identify if this is something they're struggling with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So first of all, have an idea of your purpose because it's like anything you teach, you should do it on yourself first. (laughs) Just a little tip there. With the team, I think understand and work through shared values and beliefs as a team so values are simply things that are important to us and beliefs I believe are lies we tell ourselves whether they're good or bad so Santa Claus was a belief it worked for us at one point so team what do we value what's important to us day to day and what do we believe what are our shared beliefs There's a lot of work, as you know, and it always has been done on culture. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing that word culture, I think I hear it 500 times a day, but culture is simply shared beliefs, values and behaviours of a community. That's all culture is. Mm -hmm. So if you can involve the team and they're coming up with them, they can't not be shared. And I think that's really, really important. I've run a lot of programs, you know, where we do vision days and values days and I've got some clients that have really instilled them. So they have the company values and then they have some team values that are closely aligned Mm -hmm. and they rate them. You know, are we living that value? No, we're not. What could we do? That feeds into an action plan. Everyone gets something to do. Yeah. Um, so very, very powerful, very important and very often missed, unfortunately. One of the things that I've heard as feedback, and I'm sure you have too, and that's why it's great to hear that t- your, the teams that you are, are coaching and mentoring, they look at their values and ask the question, are we living them out? Because how yeah. often do companies, <laughs> what's our core oh. values? They're documented and then they're shoved in a drawer. Never or stuck be, on the wall. Yeah, exactly. And, and not lived out. And that's true. I always, with anything, say, how can you bring this to life? That's a bit of a motto that I have. And look, if, if one of your values is innovation, you know, say to the team, what does innovation mean? For someone highly creative, it can mean being, you know, very creative in process, not in an art sense, if that makes sense. 
So find out to find the value and if, you know, let's rate it one to five. One is we're not getting innovation as a team. Five is it couldn't be better, we're a three. So the question then would be, how do we dial the value of, um, and bring to life the value of innovation? Well, I've got this idea, we could speak to marketing, we could look at a different way to position our service, to be more in service to our customers, whatever it may be. People understand numbers, one to five, one to three. People relate to rating things and then bridging that gap with an action plan. Yeah. One of the things before we move on to the next point, we were talking about in episode one, and this is so relevant in episode two, is that we start with self. Now, if we've identified core values as a team, as individuals, and they're aligned, as a leader of that team, if we're not living those values out in how we manage the team, lead the team, coach the team, all of those things you spoke about in episode one, that is one of the ways to actually demotivate your team. Oh, totally, totally. And it comes back to the motivation of the values. So, you know, a lot of people are motivated by creativity. And if the value is innovation, get those people to work on the action points to bring that to life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. Things like loyalty, integrity, you'd, you'd hope all teams have that. But still, how do we demonstrate that? And you're right, leaders need to be role models. They need to get their hands dirty. Um, and to be limitless, they need to keep checking in on this forever because it never ends. The minute people say, oh, my team's perfect, Renee, within a week, someone leaves, gets promoted. Hey, and if you're doing a great job as a leader, people should be moving through the business where opportunity does exist. Yeah, love that. So this next question is a two-pronged <coughs> question. So one yep. of the things that I've heard you say to become a limitless leader, delegate what you like. That seems contrary to what we often hear, which hmm. is to delegate the things we don't hmm. like and that we're not good at. So I want you to share about more, more about this. And then second to that uh, what about the leader who doesn't like to delegate because that's something that we often have to do as leaders so what advice do you it have is, on those it areas? is apart from being time poor delegation would probably be the second biggest problem facing leaders business owners entrepreneurs and most people in their role yeah and the reason is there's lack of trust there's the waste of time you know by the time I show uh, John how to do that I could have done it and I think there's also something that I'm, I'm even guilty of back in my corporate life, being over, over attached to something. Yes. I, I helped form a new business channel um, in an FMCG company. So it was my baby. And the more I think about it, you know, it's many years ago now, um, there were many things I could have let go of, but I didn't because it was my baby, which, mm-hmm. which, which isn't fair. So let go of what you like doing. If you've grown from it, don't be selfish. Let someone else grow from it. And I always say to delegate as part of a master plan. So if Brianna, I don't even know where I get these names from, if Brianna wants to be a better presenter and grow her leadership skills, sharing stories, leading out loud, all that sort of thing, maybe get her to chair the meetings. Get her to choose the next person to chair the next meeting. Make yourself redundant, you know, mm. from that meeting if it's if, if necessary and if you can. I mentioned in episode one that we want to focus on leadership type activity opposed to the maintenancey day-to-day stuff. And the only way to do that is to delegate some of that. Is it rostering? Is it reporting? Is it performance management? If you can delegate some of those things, you'll have time to grow yourself and lead others and coach 
and do all those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, what will it cost you not to delegate? Yes, absolutely. And I think as leaders, if we're starting to delegate the tasks and empowering our team, coaching them, all the things that you said is important, Mm. you know, in episode one, they will naturally just want to perform in those areas because oh. they can see that you trust them that's right that you're giving them the um the obligation to yeah. do that yeah it's a huge amount of trust isn't it it, it is building. it is and the other thing too is if brianna is amazing at excel and she loves reporting delegate that to her and get Mary, who's not so good at it, to work with her. So you don't always have to delegate to one person. Mm. The other thing is too, you can have what's called temporary delegation. So that's, Chris, can you get this done? I just want you to look after this for a month. Once he's done it, if you're all catching up, I always say, you know, well done. Do you want to share with the team how you found that? What was challenging? What was good? And do you want to choose someone else to take that on? And it fosters this whole teaming mindset where we're sharing and we're collaborating as a team. Very, very, very powerful. And lose the mindset around delegation. When when people say delegation half the time, they do that hand movement like hot potato. Mm. And, oh, my team's too busy and I feel bad. If you go in with that energy, you're going to come across as if you are handballing. So... Know what it is you're delegating. Don't ever delegate something and say, I've got no idea about that, work it out. Give them the what, not the how. Mm -hmm. Very important. Don't say, do it this way. Let them come up with that. Empower them to come up with the how. Check in, but not too much or you're not assigning accountability. Yep, you want to give accountability and ownership to them. And always ask them how they went, what was challenging, and celebrate success. And it doesn't have to be monetary. I always say, how did you go with that? What worked? What didn't? Do you want to choose someone else to take that on? Brilliant. And those things are beautiful if you integrate them as part of, as you said, delegation should be part of your master plan as a limitless leader. Yeah. What about this one? I'm sure you hear this time and time again in your work. Renee, how can I motivate an oh. unmotivated team member? Yes, or, or myself. <laughs> I get a lot of a lot of leaders with that. So motivation again is an energy and we did talk a little bit about it in episode one. So motivation accounts for 65% of your success in a role. So it's, it's vital. You can have competency, you can have have you know experience the knowledge the skill but the will which is the attitude and motivation is over half of your success so again don't just get in the rut of doing what you're good at ask yourself what am I good at that I actually enjoy and do that with your team Mm. so what are your favorite parts of the role well I absolutely love getting the team together I love working on strategy strategic big picture thinking So if you know that, get them to work on that with someone else that may not like that as much, yeah? Mm -hmm. Simply find out what motivates people and satisfy this. Don't manage it. So a lot of people will go, I know what motivates Peter. I'll say, what? Oh, he just loves, he loves running our meetings. He loves sharing. And I'll say, so compared to this time last year, what, what is he doing differently? Nothing. So that's where I would say, where is there an opportunity for him to attend more meetings, present at conferences, help with launches, industry associations? At the end of the day, Anne-Marie, so many people do what they do well narrowly Mm. to 
then managing others to managing managers, leading others, leading leaders. I want to get people to leading industry, being co-creative, being standout. And that can only happen when you're letting go of things you've already grown from Mm -hmm. um, and knowing what motivates others as to who to assign that to. Yeah, and I love the way that you started motivating yourself first. I I remember an example of where I um, heard of a leader of a small team and the leader was motivated by challenges. He clicked Mm. into action and was just loved, loved, loved um, problems. But what would happen was if they're working on a project, he would wait till the last minute when he clicked into action and then say to team you need to do this 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 is and the team were unmotivated by that yeah. many of them they wanted more time to plan so that's where it's important what motivates oh. me and what, what motivates or demotivates my yeah. team because maybe as leaders we're actually demotivating our team in this in the way of our approach that's and that's right and there's a lot of you know without going too deep there's there's 48 things that motivate us at work we do a lot of what's called motivational intelligence mapping sounds overwhelming but there's 20 clusters And I just want to give everyone an example because this is one that you see a lot out there. There's people that are motivated by goals, achieving goals, getting, attaining. Their language will be, let's do this, let's go, let's achieve. So that's that's me, right? Mm. (laughs) Off the scale. (laughs) Then on the polar side, there's people that love, absolutely love solving problems. So... I, in my business even, will go to people that are, it's not that I'm not good at solving problems, but if you said, Renee, let's go and achieve a goal, or would you like to look at what could go wrong? I would go the goal side. Mm. So in a lot of collaborations I have in my business, I purposefully have the problem solver person who'll go, slow down, what could go wrong? And I'll go, hurry up, what could go right? So we're a dream team. Mm. So even that one pair of motivators, if you've got someone in your team, Anne-Marie, that's goal-oriented, give them a carrot, give them goals. If they're a problem solver, ask them to achieve the goal by solving problems to get there, and they'll get there at the same time, but in a different way. And that's why in a lot of, a lot of people are technically brilliant, but don't love the goal side. And if you offer them incentives, they will never want to achieve them. Does that make sense? Yes. So a sales team, a lot of the time without generalising, are very highly Mm goal-oriented. They love Mm -hmm. targets, they love achieving, they love the carrot. Whereas if I work in, you know, I work in a lot of different industries and maybe the engineering or banking industry, they're a lot more detailed. They want to look at potential problems and pitfalls. And if you let them do that, they'll still get to the goal but in a different way. And that's appreciating each other's difference and complementing each other better. Yeah. As I'm hearing you share this, as I'm sure as leaders, but also as the team, when we're aware of these things of ourselves and also others, mm. that eye-opener when you see, oh, is that why that person loves ah. to go into figures? There's yeah. a there's an empowering sense oh. about that, isn't that? Because often people are blaming, oh, that yes. person just takes so long. But that's because that's... They're motivated differently. So a goal-oriented person, in a meeting is the one that walks out before the meeting's ended and they'll look at the problem solving person that's questioning everything as negative Mm. and there you go that's what I call a communication breakdown but when you understand that you can have a bit of fun with it and I've seen businesses change just knowing that one little pair of motivators so 
Yeah, so motivational intelligence and being in tune, you know, obviously with that is is imperative. As a leader who wants to develop this highly motivated, top-performing team, we need to be aware of what motivates our team. How can we get the best? What environment can I create? Mm. Can I change my communications, as you say, my style and how I approach them to better um, empower them and and coach and and Mm. lead them? And often, as you said, that communication breakdown, which of course we spoke, um, you spoke in depth in episode one. Once we're aware of that, we can make better decisions and then the team won't be so distrusting, won't be oh, unmotivated. It's t- If people do what lights them up, I'm very visual. I just see fireworks, mm. realising potential, being limitless and being in the best environment to do their best work and perform. Yes. And by doing all of this and being aware of all of the things that you mentioned um, just before, we can support our team the, as individuals and also as a team to become limitless That's themselves. right. Spot on. Yeah, fantastic. I'm learning so much, Renee, through this, and I know everybody is um, as well who's listening. And, of course, we promise to share the link where you can access all three episodes. We can give them the transcripts of all of the episodes too, as well as the limit leadership diagnostic tool at the link reneegeruso.com forward slash podcast series let me spell that out r-e-n-e-e-g-i-a-r-r-u-s-o.com forward slash podcast series renee the two episodes that we've just done have been amazing i can't wait to listen to more of uh, what you want to share in episode three where we were talking about limitless organizations and how we can create a successive pipeline of highly effective future leaders. Can't wait to hear more. Great. Thanks, Anne-Marie. You've been listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders podcast series at www.renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. That's renegerusso.com forward slash podcast series. 